When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to Holding Space Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy. In today's episode, I have back on the podcast, Dr. Christine Sterling. Dr. Sterling is a board-certified OBGYN and a mother. And in today's episode, we flip the script and Dr. Sterling asks me a few questions. So Dr. Sterling is pregnant with her second and I have two children of my own. And in this episode, we're talking about preparing siblings for the new baby. So Dr. Sterling asks me a few questions that we explore so that she can help prepare her daughter Celeste for their newest addition. I share some of the challenges that we faced when we had our second and offer some tangible ways that you can be preparing your older children for your new baby. This episode is extra special for a few reasons. Dr. Sterling is my business partner, along with also being my friend. Dr. Sterling and I have teamed up to build out a comprehensive digital course that's launching in the new year, January 15th, called Prepared Postpartum. Prepared Postpartum is the only comprehensive digital course that brings together the knowledge of two doctors to address the physical components of birth recovery, the emotional journey of postpartum, and the changes to our family and partner dynamics that happen after we have a baby, allowing you to have the rested, supported, and loving postpartum experience that we truly believe you and your family deserve and that we believe is possible. This course will offer you the step-by-step guide to setting up an intentional foundation from which to raise your children from the very beginning. I'm so excited to get this course out there. We've been working so hard all year on this course. Again, it launches January 15th, but if you're looking for something right now, we created a quiz. A postpartum preparation style quiz. So from this quiz, you'd be able to identify your preparation style, and then you get a unique customized response from us based on your answers to support you in knowing what steps to take next when it comes to preparing for postpartum. After you go through the quiz, you'll also get an email from us with the postpartum prep starter kit. So this starter kit will help you create a postpartum experience that aligns with your dreams and your values to get the support you need to create your ideal postpartum, to prepare for birth with the ultimate hospital bag checklist, and to support your recovery with the ultimate postpartum recovery kit checklist. This starter kit is something that Dr. Sterling and I created together to get you off on the right foot and get you started in preparing for postpartum. You can find a link to the quiz in the show notes, as well as a link to join the waitlist for our digital course, Prepared Postpartum, launching January 15th. One of the modules in this course is all about relationships. So we cover communication 101, preparing your partner relationship, your family systems, your friendships. And we also talk about for all the second time, third time, or fourth time parents, preparing siblings. And I'm really excited to get a chance to share my personal experience and story today, along with a few tips and tricks that I think can really help you getting on the right foot in preparing your old children for becoming a big brother or big sister. Honestly, this is the episode that I wish I had listened to before we gave birth to our second child, to our son. So I am really honored that Christine came on and was willing to share some of her concerns with me, giving me space to share a little bit of our story and experience. I can't wait to share it with you. So let's get to it. You're listening to Holding Space Podcast with Dr. Cassidy Freitas, licensed marriage and family therapist. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Now, let's jump in. 
Hello, and welcome back to Holding Space Podcast. Christine Sterling, Dr. Christine Sterling, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast with me. This is our third time doing this together, and I'm just so grateful to get a chance to be your work wife and now to have you on the podcast multiple times. I'm so excited to have this conversation today with you. Yeah, we always have the best conversation, so I'm I'm really excited and honored to be here with you. So just in case um, somebody listening has not heard our prior episodes where we talked about preparing for postpartum through the trimesters and talked about the female cycle, both of those episodes are great. So by the way, if you have not heard those, you should. But Christine, for anybody who has not had a chance to hear those episodes or get to know you, can you share a little bit of your context? Yeah, so I'm a board certified OBGYN. I'm a mom. I have a two and a half year old, and then I am pregnant with baby number two. And um, after I had my daughter, I really came to the realization that the amount of preparation and support that new families have for postpartum is just woefully inadequate. This idea that like you have a baby and they send you home and tell you to come back in six weeks is just, um, I don't, (laughs) doesn't make sense. Um, it's a, it's a really difficult transition. And so I believe that really our entire pregnancy, we can be working towards the preparation for this huge life transformation and that we need to start thinking about it as, um, as a moment in time that doesn't just, it's not just something that happens to us, that we can play an active role in creating the postpartum experience that we all deserve. You know, we all deserve to be able to recover from birth um, and balance the needs of our family and um, retain what's important to us. And that is something that we, especially the first time we, we almost need to be told that that's important to prepare for. So that's where my passion lies. Mm. Well, I, I mentioned earlier that you are my work partner and yes. that's because we are building out a course together because I truly believe that like we are better together that both the pieces that we both bring to this preparation, right? From both the mental, emotional, physical, relational, all of the components. Mm-hmm. And so we're building out this course. And I know that we've had in, you know, our <laughs> hours and hours of work sessions together, um, we have had some conversations about preparing ways that we can prepare families and not just um, the parents, but their children. So for yeah. the, the second time moms, which you are, and which I was at one point, how we can prepare our kids that, you know, for becoming a big brother or big sister and for the baby. Yeah. I'm just so excited because we've, we've talked about this in such general terms and I feel like I'm getting a free therapy session right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll come on your podcast. (laughs) Yes. I'm so excited to like, you know, just dive deeper into all of this. And so how we decided that we're going to sort of frame this is I'm going to give you a chance to actually ask me some questions yeah. about sort of like where you're at right now and what you're worried about. And I, in that, am going to share with you a little bit about my own experience. Um, and, you know, then we can find a way to feel, have you leave our conversation feeling more prepared and sort of with an action plan of like what you, what you're going to do next to prepare you, your partner and your daughter Celeste for this big new life transition. I'm, I'm so excited because truth be told, because we've been working so hard on doing this for other people. And, you know, I'm like, I'm still in my second trimester. So I feel like I'm just now realizing that this is real, but I have, you know, I haven't sat down and done this work yet. So I'm really excited to explore this with you. Mm, I'm so excited. Okay. So I'm going to hand it over to you. I shared a little bit 
with me and with the audience of kind of where you're at right now. So you shared that you're in your second trimester and it's just beginning to like get real in that way. And yeah, what, where, what's sort of going through your mind right now when you think about Celeste becoming a big sister and just about this new, new family member coming into your family system? Yeah, so I feel like we've definitely been talking to Celeste from the beginning about this baby and um, getting her excited for it. But I know that you talk about that it's not just about getting your child excited for baby, but that it's also about talking to them or preparing them in an age appropriate way for what this, what this change means. So I would just love to hear um, kind of what you did um, to prepare Riley, your firstborn and where that worked and where that didn't. And, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, definitely when I got pregnant with our son and see at at that point in time we had had a pregnancy loss before that and you know so when we had that loss uh, she knew that we were pregnant and then she knew that we had that loss and i like was pretty nervous to walk her walk through that again with her because it was it was really difficult. It was also actually, there were moments that were really meaningful in that grief um, with her as a part of that. But the, when I became pregnant with my son, we waited a little bit longer to share it with her just because I was feeling anxious and mm-hmm. um, and nervous about that. And when we did ev- eventually tell her, like we really focused on the like excitement part of it. And right. I think that like, you know, there's, there were a lot of signals that she gave to us, uh, even before I was pregnant, that like, she is a child who can feel nervous about things or um, like new situations. She's kind of slow to warm up. um, And, you know, like, sensitive to sensory experiences. And so there was a lot of data there that I wish I had really um, considered when we were preparing her for having a baby brother um, or a sibling. And, but instead I was just, I so wanted her to be pumped up about it and excited. So we spent a lot of time just like you know, getting her so excited and like talking about it in just like this really excited way. Yes. And, you know, and again, like those this is feelings- exactly what I'm doing, by the way. So I'm so <laughs> You're like, and then what happened? Yeah. <laughs> you that, like, you know, every child is different. So like, I really do think that Riley was, Riley was giving us signals that different. I, I don't know. I think that I was I either wasn't noticing or I didn't want to notice because I just wanted it to be smooth. And I mean, and gosh, I'm a therapist, like, and so, you know, it's like, I, I think that like, I do have a lot of skills and tools, but when you're in that space and you're preparing for this like big transition, I don't know. I think it's, it's sometimes really easy to just think that it's going to be okay. And like, not prepare in the ways, especially because I was going to be a second time mom. I was like, I've done this before. Like I've recovered before. Like I, I know how I I know I've done this before. So I just felt, um, I don't know. I thought that I'd be more prepared. So I, so when we gave birth to my son, um, you know, she had a really hard time. And I think that, you know, knowing her and when I really look back on some of the signals that she was sending me, um, you know, when we, when we had other, when there were other babies around, like when I was Mm -hmm. holding a baby, like she didn't like that. Like I I could tell that she was getting a little bit more clingy and like, okay, okay, baby, all done. You know, like hold the baby. And I just was so focused on trying to like hype it up and pump her up that I was like, no, 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 no. Like, look at the baby. And like, you know, like feel her, like feel her sweet little toes. Look how tiny they are. And, you know, just really trying to get her excited. And I think everybody around her was so excited. Like, Riley, you're going to be a big sister. Like, that's so exciting. Like, are you going to help? And and there was also this message of like, you're going to help. Like, you know, you can help change the diapers and, you know, and it's all like sweet. 
But what ended up happening is that when our son was born, you know, all of those signals that, and all the information that I really did have access to, if I really let myself go there, that yeah. my daughter was sending me, that like she is sensitive to like big changes and to sounds and like, you know, newborns cry and they're right. crying loud. And also she had been sort of given this message. And again, I should share this. She, um, when my son was born, she was three. So she was, she had just, she just turned three. So she was two during my pregnancy, almost three. And, you know, she had been given the message like, oh, you're gonna be a big sister. You're gonna be such a big helper. And unfortunately, I think that her little heart and mind took that and felt like, oh, like now I have, like, I have this like responsibility now as like a big sister. Right, right. And it comes to the point where she felt so overwhelmed by the like, you know, not knowing when the baby's going to cry, like this little sweet, adorable ticking time of like emotions and needs that it got to the point actually where she'd wake up and she'd be like, where's the baby? And she wouldn't want to be in the same room as him. She wouldn't want to get in the car with him because she'd be in the back seat with him. And like, you know, the babies cry oftentimes when they're newborns in the, in the car and she's back there with him. And like, he's, he's crying and she's feeling the sense of like, like, like I'm the only one back here. And it would just feel we didn't know this at the time. Like we, we learned this later actually when we went to therapy um, to get support in all this because we were really struggling. And we just learned that she was feeling like a sense of responsibility and just right. this sense of, I have all these big feelings, but I don't know the words to use to describe them. And everybody around me just keeps saying how exciting it's supposed to be, but it's, it's, there's other stuff there too. And so you know, I think that I felt like I was going to be prepared. Um, and I thought that I knew what, you know, raising a, a, a newborn was going to be like, and I felt, you know, really connected to her, but my gosh, it was, it was really difficult. And even like just the physical recovery, like I was like, well, I've, you know, I had a C-section right. with both. And I was like, you know, I've recovered before, but yeah, like recovering, <laughs> recovering from a cesarean or recovering from birth with a newborn. Well, you also have a toddler. To- who like Totally different ballgame. Yeah, yeah. Totally different ballgame. So, I mean, I thought I was prepared. It was really actually a really difficult transition. One of the hardest things I think that we've actually been through um, as, a, you know, and was my experience as a second time mom that first, those first few months. And, you know, I just wish that, um, I mean, I learned a lot in the process. We went to therapy and now like, I'm just so passionate about supporting other second time parents in like preparing both, you know, their whole family system. So yeah, it was really difficult. Yeah. I mean, Cass, and I think it comes from such a good place. Like when you're pregnant and you're feeling baby move all the time and you have this growing bond, there's this feeling like, at least for me, I am trying, like, I want to include my family in this. Like, I want to include my husband. I'm like, you know, he's going crazy. Like, you have to feel these kicks. And I'm constantly trying to get Celeste to, like, feel these, feel him moving because I want her to get that it's real. And I, I even did that when I was pregnant with her, with my husband, because I just, like... I was creating this bond and I really wanted that for him too. And now I want it for him and for her. And like, as you're talking, I'm having this like, aha. And I'm thinking about again, that, you know, the, the bond between this baby and, and my husband and this baby and Celeste, like that's actually, um, it's my responsibility to like hold space for that, but not to like, push that. Mm, and yeah. um I I I think that one of the places that my husband and I struggled after Celeste was born was because um our bonding was on a different path. And yeah. at times and I think because you know you're not your best self when you're sleep deprived and I wasn't able to really access my wisdom in the same way that I am when I'm well rested and not overwhelmed that I was, there was some, some degree of resentment that like he wasn't feeling what I was feeling. And Mm. not like now that I say it out loud, like I feel like, Oh my God, I'm a horrible person that how could I have 
felt that way, but it's such a good, just you saying this is like such a good reminder to me that like, I need to let both of them have their space to bond with this little guy. It's not Mm -hmm. my job to like force that upon them. And that, you know, I've been the, the, one of the gifts of pregnancy is that you do your, your, my life is already different and their life is still pretty much the same other than I complain a lot. Um, <laughs> they yeah. deal with me complaining, but other than that, their life is the same. And it's just really good to hear, like, I need to, you know, not, yes, I want them to be excited. I want Celeste to be excited, but the idea of, and I love this, the idea of kind of thinking about her and where she might struggle mm. based on her personality, um, I just, I love that, you know, she's, she's different than Riley. She's, um, she, I guess where now that we're talking about like her specifically, where I am a little worried is she's very, um, she really has a mind of her own and like knows what she wants. And like, when I, um, like she's kind of like the, she's my little boss, you know, she's, she likes to direct yeah. traffic yeah. and she's, you know, there's going to be a lot more, like, I'm not going to be able to just jump up and follow her plan um, the yeah. same way. And so that's really something I need to think about. Mm. Oh, I mean, it's, it's truly not a, I mean, I think that there's, there's so much great information out there about preparing your, your child for becoming a, you know, a sibling. But I think that, you know, I think that there's definitely a way in which we can take that information and then really personalize it based right. on your child's unique needs and personality. And, and the, the truth is, is that you as the parent, you are the one that has that data and information. Like you are most, you're closest to you, you know your child the most, you know? So I think that there's a way in which we can pay attention to some of those things. Because honestly, our child, our, our children, they signal to us like yes. what it is that they need. And I honestly, in doing this preparation, when I'm, when, when I was pregnant, it would have been so much easier because, you know, when you're postpartum, like there is a lot going on. Yeah. And like, while there's absolutely ways to have a postpartum experience that is rested and supported, like you can be doing, it is, it is, it is harder at times to like pick up on some of these cues and yeah. like everything is just more difficult. And so I absolutely think that while you're pregnant, paying, like doing that work now to prepare, to prepare your child. And I think that there's so many opportunities to kind of see like how your child is responding to, you know, the idea of this new transition. So, you know, bringing, bringing your kids to your prenatal appointments, Mm -hmm. um, about the birth, you know, including them in some of that nesting. Um, so like make, like having them kind of make decisions and noticing, like, you know, if you are at, you know, inviting your child to like feel the baby kick and move, like, how are they responding to that? You right. know, and like really listening to them because, you know, no matter what, I think that this goes across age, age two, because yes, kids are going to communicate in different ways, depending mm-hmm. on their age but they are going to communicate to you like what that feels like, you know? And um, if they're like, if they're, if they're like not want, they're avoiding it or they're not wanting to do it. Or like when you go, when you're buying things for the baby, they really struggle with the fact that like, you know, is this just like, what about me? (laughs) You know, like, yes. As you're saying this, I'm like, I'm thinking about the fact that I, um, you know, I'm start, I'm going through, like, I went through all of Celeste's clothes and I picked out the ones that were like not too curly for a boy. And I, I took out away a lot of her toys that were like clearly for a baby because yeah. I was like, well, you don't even play with these toys anymore. And like, let's mm-hmm. just get them out of our space. Let's like separate these. These are the toys that we'll bring out when this little guy comes. And you know what she did? She went back and she's like, no, mine. Um, with one of her like little toys that she had completely been ignoring. And now she's been carrying it around for like a month. Yes. So that's that's like, yeah, I mean, I hadn't even thought about that. And that could be a sick, like, you know, 
people talk often about like regression, like, you know, your baby um, or your, your, your child, your older child regressing when the baby comes. Yeah. And, you know, I think that there can be a lot of like fear or concern or anxiety around that. And I honestly, I think that, you know, so for instance, like if Celeste is all of a sudden wanting to play with those toys, mm-hmm. like go for it, okay. Celeste. Like you, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that like there's data in there for you that like, that, okay, share, like sharing may be hard. So like that goes with like sharing space in the home, sharing space right. in the car, sharing toys, but also sharing you and your partner, you know? And so that's like, that's helpful data. But I also think that when we look at things like regression, so mm-hmm. You know, Riley told like you know we were like potty training and doing all that, and um, you know she um, she hadn't been sleeping in her bed for a while, sleeping in a big kid bed, and like that was like you know she was happy about that. But then all of a sudden, when our son was born, like a lot of those things started to regress, and I okay. think that like, initially it was like there was a feeling of frustration, right? Right. But what I what I learned in the work that we did is that really when it comes to regression, like we actually, if we just like hold space for regression, like instead of it being this like battle, if instead we sort of look at it as, you know, now, now this baby is getting all, all this attention. And so of course they want to act like a baby, you know, like, or like it's a sign of intelligence almost. Oh yeah. That you're like, like, you know, you're, you're a kiddo and you're, you're like, obviously your goal is to get your parents' attention and their love as much as possible as it should be. And you're like, Hey, this is really working out for this kid. Like look at how much attention this kid is getting. I'm going to adapt some of my behavior to, yeah. I mean, it's, it is a sign of intelligence. And I think that I'm like, this conversation is like, I'm having so many aha moments that I I agree. Like I've been so worried about the regression. Like I've been thinking, you know, she's, we're, we're going back and forth in the potty training. I don't think she's really ready yet. She is super happy in her crib and Mm. has not even so, you know, in terms of like transitioning to her, her to a bed, like part of me is like, I want to do these transitions before baby comes. Cause it, I'm going to have so much on my plate, but at the same time, like I shouldn't be dictating her development just because yeah. a baby is coming. Do you know what I mean? I think that when we like, and I think it's, it's, it's good for our, our child, right. To just have space held for them to like, yeah, to like, to, to regress. Like it is okay. It's yeah. a totally understandable sort of response in like this big life cycle transition. And I actually, um, a friend of mine, Rachel Rainbolt, she's a parenting coach and she's actually someone I reached out to when we were struggling and she was really supportive to us during that time. And, you know, she said to me, she's like, Cassidy, if, if like Riley, like if we, she wants, she wants attention. She's, she's noticing that like, okay, if I, if the baby cries and whines, like then the baby gets attention. Like you go, you go straight to the baby. And so if she's doing more of that, like that is just her, her way at this point of communicating that she wants connection, you know? And like the minute I was able to begin to see is that it, it not only freed up like her to just like feel her feelings in this and to like go through the transition but it it gave me relief too because I no longer felt like oh my gosh like she's regressing me to get her back on the schedule right which just unfortunately like tends to invite a little bit more like rigidity and that's just like that's not help that's just not helpful for anyone so true so I think it's important to honor that like yeah it is hard when all of a sudden you're like potty trained child is like you know having accidents more and like that's it's it is difficult but I think that if we can honor that it's an understandable experience and actually allow for some of those regressions, it actually can bring a sense of relief. That, like this is understandable. Yeah. It can help in like our own connection with that child. And, you know, I think for me also, it made me realize, okay, you know what? I need extra help here. <laughs> like, because I want to hold space for her and like yeah. how she is sort of going through this transition and I can't do it alone. And so it was sort of around that time 
And then I realized, okay, like I, I need to like activate my support system and like give, like bring people in to like, not only help me with the baby so I can spend time with her, but also to give her space and time to like go out of the house and like, you know, just, you know, continue to sort of form those bonds with the other adults in her life. As a mom to three, my partner and I find that one of the biggest struggles we have faced in our relationship is navigating sharing responsibilities and the mental load. And I know that we're not alone because this shows up with all of my clients and in every podcast episode, the mental load of parenting shows up in some way or another. Enter the scene, coexist. Coexist is the app that's revolutionizing how couples manage the mental load of household tasks and childcare. It's like having a personal assistant right in your pocket, helping you and your partner effortlessly share tasks, plan meals, collaborate on lists, and even give each other kudos along the way. Here's the cherry on top for my amazing community. Coexist is offering an exclusive deal. Sign up for a two week free trial before June 15th, and you'll get 15% off the annual plan on iOS with the code Dr. Cassidy 15. So what are you waiting for? Really take that first step towards a more harmonious home life today. Download coexist on Android or iOS at getcoexist.com. The load in our home has been feeling a little bit lighter since downloading Coexist, and yours can feel lighter too when you download the Coexist app at getcoexist.com. Since becoming a parent and as I've gotten older, I've become a lot more mindful of the supplements and products that I use, and that's why I love Peary. These are natural food supplements that I trust completely. Let's talk a bit about collagen. So collagen is so important for our bodies, but our natural production of it slows as we get older. So I've learned and quality supplements support our muscle, bone, and joint health. Recently, I've been taking Puri's CP1 Pure Collagen Peptides. It was number one out of 28 collagens tested by the Organic Consumers Association and Clean Label Project. There are enough hard decisions that we make every day as parents, and this makes Puri an easy choice. See and feel the difference with Puri. I know you'll love their supplements as much as I do. Puri is offering my listeners an amazing deal, 20% off site-wide. Just go to my special URL, puri.com backslash Dr. Cassidy, and use my promo code Dr. Cassidy. So go to P-U-O-R-I.com slash Dr. Cassidy. Don't miss out. Use promo code Dr. Cassidy at puri.com backslash Dr. Cassidy. Yeah. I mean, I, it's interesting because we have talked as we were creating this, this, um, course for expecting families and, and trying to help them prepare. We've talked a lot about, um, uh, cultivating tenderness in that, like that intimate relationship with our partners. And, um, you know, we think I'm now thinking, you know, that's something that, um, particularly, like you almost don't feel like you don't need to do it as much with your children because you're already so tender, like towards them. You already have that as your baseline. Whereas like an adult, um, sometimes we just have higher expectations of them. We don't always lead with tenderness, but I think that what you said about seeing a regression or seeing maybe act like the behavior of acting out as a signal for connection, um, that that's really that's, you know, that brings some clarity to me because, um, it is so easy. And like, I can just see myself, you know, when you get overwhelmed with a new baby and you're tired and then your toddler's acting out, I can just so see me going to like being more frustrated and just thinking about this in in advance and thinking about, okay, her behavior, like her behavior is just trying to communicate to me, that she needs connection. Like I can lead with so much more tenderness having Mm. thought about that. You know what I mean? And like, I know we've talked about this with like our intimate partners leading with tenderness and, and understanding. And you've so beautifully explained to me like 
the differences between like the primary emotion we may, or or the secondary emotion we may feel of like frustration, whatever. And then that primary accessing that primary emotion, which I have to tell you has been like such a game changer for Garrett and I, like, I think you, you talked to me about it two weeks ago and I told him about it that night. And literally since like, it's almost like it's become a thing with us where Garrett will be like, I think that you're just like, this is just your secondary emotion and your primary emotion is, and it's so funny, but like, it has truly like, just, it, it just has helped us so much. Um, and, and in the, at the end of the day, like kids have, I'm just like, this is like such an aha that like kids have primary and secondary emotions too. Absolutely. Why didn't and I like, think about that? <laughs> so like the moment, like what you just described, right? Like that moment where like all of these needs from now your, you know, not just your one child, but your other child, they're all happening and you're feeling, you're finding yourself feeling frustrated. It can be easy to feel frustrated with the older child because like they're older, yeah. like, right? Like they would, like, they're not the baby. Right. Um, but like if in that moment you were, you were able to identify on, on two levels, First, on your level, like, okay, I'm feeling frustrated, but what's underneath that? Like, probably what's underneath that, Christine, is maybe a feeling of helplessness, like feeling helpless, right? But like, there's these two children that you want to both, you know, connect with and like, be able to take care of. And that's really hard when you're one person, right? Like, and but also for your, for your child, right? Like, and so I also think that the, there, there's so much opportunity in these moments, like especially the difficult moments where we can actually be doing some emotion like coaching and right. like support with our kids. And so like in that moment, like you being able to share with her, like giving her a language, like as you're connecting with your own experience, that gives you data of like potentially like, like this is a difficult moment for all of us. And right. so being able to share with her, what it is that you're feeling, what you think the baby might be feeling, like giving her words, being curious about what it is that she's feeling, giving oh, her a language that. for that. Like there's so like there's so much opportunity in those hard moments, like which is which is hard to really like accept, right? It's like because they're just hard. And like, yes, like these are just really hard moments. But I know that for myself when I'm able to see those hard moments as like opportunities for connection and opportunities for supporting my kids in like their own emotional development right. as I'm also doing it at the same at the same time. Right. I don't know. It allows for those moments to feel a little less overwhelming. And I actually feel like I have more agency um, in those moments when I'm able to sort of access like that opportunity. Totally. So I want to break this down for like the people listening, because I want to make sure that like, I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying and that they're hearing what you're saying too. So let's, let's like paint a picture. I am postpartum, so sleep deprived, baby is crying for God knows what reason. Right. And I'm trying to like deal with baby trying to figure out why he is crying. And then Celeste is also acting up. And so I'm getting really frustrated with Celeste because she um, is like maybe even making like baby cry more. Right. Um, And so what you're saying is, is that, yeah, my, my, my secondary emotion is frustration. My primary emotion in that situation is definitely that I feel helpless And so what I can do is one, I think that me, like even just like thinking about putting myself in that situation and then like naming the fact that like what I'm really feeling right now is I'm feeling helpless. Like it gives me so much tenderness towards myself because Mm. I think like as moms, we just want to like be the best. We just want to be the best. We just want to be such good moms and we want to be able to handle a newborn and a toddler, right? But like, there are definitely going to be moments where like, we cannot fix it right away. And just identifying that, like, I'm feeling helpless right now. So what you're saying is, is that as I'm feeling helpless, that I can actually say that to Celeste, like Celeste, I'm feeling like, I don't know what to do here. And I feel helpless. Yes, yes. Which is like such a, it sounds like people are like, so you're really like, letting your kids in on how you're feeling. Yes. Cool. And, and you can also then say, and you, you can like literally like talk them through like your inner dialogue 
okay, so I really want to help you and I really want to help the baby. And, um, you know, I'm feeling, I'm feeling sad or I'm feeling helpless that I, you know, I, I can't do it both at the same time. Okay. So here's what I think I'm going to do. I think I'm like walking them through this, you know? And so, and obviously there are certain moments where like, if your child is really, um, feeling flooded with emotion, like you like actually what, what they need in that moment more is for you to give, is for you to honor what it is that they're feeling in that moment. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think it's sort of like acknowledging like what the need is like right now, would it be really helpful? Like my, you know, my, my kid, my kiddos just sort of like asking me for something and, um, or whining a little bit about something like pulling on my, on my leg and I have the baby and I need to do something for the baby. And, you know, maybe in that moment would be a great moment to sort of like literally like whatever is going on in your head as you're kind of walking through how you're feeling and like what your plan is, like expressing that if your child is really flooded and like, they're, they're feeling their feelings. That's a great opportunity to then check in with them about how they're feeling, like getting down to the level. Um, it's really great. Like I love baby wearing and like slings because you can then have access to like both of your hands, you know, and like being connected and close to your baby. And like, while also being able to like, be able to connect with your child, like fully, like with your hands too. Mm -hmm. And like down to their level and just being like, wow, are you like, like, I like, are you feeling jealous? Are you feeling sad? Like yeah. being curious about what it is that they're feeling, give them, giving them a language for that. Dr. Dan Siegel, um, whom I know that you are a huge fan yeah. of as well. And <laughs> some incredible books, like parenting books, like he uses the phrase name its attainment. When we are able to name the emotion that we're feeling, it actually has like self-regulating powers like in our brain. And so when we give our children like words to identify what it is that they're feeling like that just in and of itself is going to regulate them. And, you know, the, like, so give so I, I think it depends on the situation, right. like where, like how, where, where you're going to go with the emotion coaching, but like, it is all, it is all powerful. Like it is all amazing. And I think that you can do it also with the baby. If the baby is really upset, like you can talk, like talk out loud. It's going to maybe feel a little awkward at first, right. but like it's so powerful to be like, huh, I'm noticing that like the baby is crying. Like, I wonder what the baby is feeling. Like maybe the baby is feeling hungry or to are really tired or like just beginning to just use these words to like identify and express emotions. Um, and I think another piece that can be really helpful is, you know, because the baby has so many needs and there's so many, there's, it's so, there's so often the case that like you're having to tell your older child to wait or to hold on. If, if it's like in those moments where it's totally possible because maybe the baby is sleeping or the baby is happy or the baby is with somebody else or has its needs met. If you're able to say to the baby, like, Hey baby, (laughs) whatever your baby's name is like right now, I'm going to go help Celeste or I'm going to go take care of this. Or like, you have to be patient right now because I have to go do this right now. Thank you so much for being so patient. I know that it's hard. Like, talking to the baby in the same way that you talk to your child because it gives them a chance to see, okay, like as siblings, like there are going to be moments where both of us, like, like, like our needs have to be met. And like, that's going to be something that we're, it's not just me that's having to like, um, give up some of my time. Does that make sense? No, that makes total sense. Like basically even like for the sake of the older child, pointing out when you are leaving the newborn to attend to their needs and, you know, not in like a mean way where you're like, like, you know, I'm, you know, but like actually saying it to your newborn. So the, so your toddler can like get it that like, yeah, it's not just you that's losing time with me. Like your, your brother, your sister is too. I think that that is, is so genius. And the other thing that you said, and I've actually, um, since we last met and we talked a lot about how we're going to um, incorporate preparing siblings um, for baby in our course, you know, you had talked a lot about the the importance of, you know, these emotions. And, and um, uh, we had talked about how Riley, like how you guys got to the bottom of her emotions around that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so since we had that, that, um, that meeting, we have a few books on emotions that I honestly like, I just, you know, sometimes we read, but it hasn't really been a regular thing. And I've started to like 
not only like read those books more, but look for some other books, not necessarily about having a sibling, but just about identifying emotions. Like I've never talked to Celeste about jealousy, right? But that is definitely an emotion that can come up when you have a new sibling. And so giving her the language um, to express those emotions before baby comes, like we have another trimester to go, like that is definitely one way You've really helped me see that I can prepare her. And it has nothing to do with talking about siblings. It's just teaching her about some emotions that she might experience so that like she has, so that she can name it to tame it, you know, because it definitely works for me as an adult. I would think that even though she's only going to be three, that it would still work for her. And you, you sharing this right now just brought up like a memory. Um, I think this happened maybe like two years ago and, um, and it's just, I don't know, it's a, it's a really sweet memory that I want to share because it kind of brings all of this like full circle. Because again, at the end of the day, what I wanted was for them to have a close sibling bond. And like, that's what led me to just like focusing on the exciting parts of it, right? And, yeah. um, and then and not fully preparing both ourselves and her for that transition. So, but like a few years ago, I, I remember um, Riley was reading him this book. Um, it's called Sparkle Boy because uh, my son loves sparkles and nail polish. Because and stuff. they're amazing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, um, and he was reading him this book and I just thought it was so sweet. So I was kind of like listening outside the, outside the room and, you know, creeping like as, as we do as parents. <laughs> and, um, and I was like recording it because that was so sweet. Um, but she was like asking him, okay, after she would like read, like, you know, go over the page and like, mm-hmm. so what do you think this person is feeling what do you think that person is feeling and she was like emotion coaching him and and it's so sweet because there was like this one character in the book and she's like what do you think he's feeling and he said mad and she's like you know, maybe I think he might be feeling jealous. Do you know what jealous is? Oh my God. And How old was like, Riley when she said this? <laughs> okay. So she's eight right now. I have to go back and find the video because she was, she was reading. So I don't know. She must've been like six and a half or she seven or child. Yeah. My goodness. Oh my gosh. But it was just one of those moments where I was like, oh my god, You did and that then, like, class. Like you did I, that. You know, I felt, I felt that in my heart, like, like we did that, like her and I did that, you know, like it was, it was, it was such a, it was a really painful transition. It led us all into family therapy. And like what happened in therapy is that she did a lot of play therapy with her, with the therapist, where we were able to discover that like, you know, in those moments where um, the therapist would have the little baby crying, she would move the sister, like the sister doll into another room. And and we would check in about like what she was like, what was going on. And she would discover that she was feeling like it's, it's the sister's job to take care of the baby. And like, she, you know, so she was feeling that like responsibility. And once we were able to like, identify that for her and make sure that she knew it is like, you can, you can, you get to be the big sister, right? You, it is not your job to take care of the baby. Like it is our job as the parents. And so once she had that sense of like relief, like then she was actually able to bond with him, but to see like years later, to see like her, you know, reading a book to him, that's like really about him, like, yeah. you know, him and like owning his identity and like, you know, like that he loves sparkles. Um, and then explain to him what jealous means because oh. that is something that she felt. And then on the next page, like she was like, what do you think that this person's feeling? And he goes, jealous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's just, it was one of those. And, you know, that was one of those like beautiful like moments. But gosh, in it, Christine, like it was so hard and there was right. so much. Guilt. Um, but I think that there's a way in which we can cultivate a new relationship with guilt or helplessness or any of yeah. these more painful um, primary emotions when they can show up. Oftentimes, these emotions, which we're all wired for, are there to offer us really important information about the kind of parent we want to be, about what our values are, about the situation. 
And when we can, when we can allow ourselves to notice the parts of those emotions that can help us and guide us, and then unhook ourselves from the rest, right? The, the, the rest of it that leads to the suffering and feeling stuck or like, you know, yeah. wanting to like avoid or numb it because it's too painful. When we can unhook ourselves from those things, it gives us the freedom and the option to then move forward with our child in a way that's going to support them, support so that they uh, can so be six one day yeah. explaining jealousy to their younger sibling. <laughs> I, I honestly, Cass, like I, you, you just like brought me to tears, and I, I just have to say that, um, like you have been such a, an incredible gift in my life because mm-hmm. your your wisdom is just, um, like I'm I'm really excited about, and I know this sounds weird, but like all of the tools. And that you have provided me and that you will provide um, all the families that um, participate in this course. Um, Like, I'm excited to face these challenges. I'm like actually going to start crying. I'm excited to face these challenges and like build a beautiful family through them. You know, like it doesn't just have to like when we see these things as like, an opportunity to build resilient children that like understand Mm -hmm. their emotions. Like that is all I want for Celeste is that for her to be resilient and for her to understand, like, you know, I'm like in my thirties and like a lot of the stuff that you've taught me as we create this course for other people, like I didn't know. And Mm -hmm how powerful it is that like, I'm going to be able to pass this on to my kids so that they aren't going to be like 34 (laughs) telling their husband who didn't know either, like what a primary and secondary emotion is. And like, you know, I I just like, I, um, I don't want to gush too much, but I'm just like, I have learned so much from our conversation just now. And I continually learn so much from you. And um, I'm just like excited that, I could have a Riley one day that is just like so in touch with her emotions. And it's just, it's a beautiful thing. So thank you. Oh, okay. Well, (laughs) I don't know how you respond to that. That that comment just got me. Oh, I mean, I do truly believe that like this, this transition to becoming sibling is like, it's so, it's so big for our kids, but like, this is like the way in which we can navigate that with them and preparing them to be able to like express how they're feeling, to ask for help, like that, that can prepare them for the rest of their life. Like all of the, all of the big transitions that they will go through in their life, like, you know, um, their transition into adolescence, their transition into launching and like going off to college, their transition into um, forming their identity, their transition into like meeting their partner, their transition into becoming parents themselves one day. Like we can really build that foundation. And I think that this is, the most beautiful opportunity for us to do that. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't agree more. And I just, I keep going back and I've told you this, I'm um, in other conversations that we've had that what has been such an eye opener for me as I watch Celeste develop is the way that everything she sees in the world. Like if she set, sees three apples, she will go, Oh, that's the mama apple, the dada apple and the, the Celeste apple, you know, Mm -hmm. and she really frames her whole world around this family. And part of me, it's like, yeah, it's, it's so cute. And I love it. But it's also this like immense responsibility that like, I am really setting this foundation for her. And I will be setting this foundation for this little guy. And that you know, what I do, what I do matters. And to, to enter this, like, I know what a huge transition that becoming a mom was for me. And I have to honor that, like, this is going to be a big transition for her. Mm-hmm. And it can honestly be a little bit scary, but I feel like I really, um, have the tools that, you know, you've provided me. And I'm excited to see, like, as, as you finalize like the different portions of this course and everything, <laughs> I had to go through it myself. Um, and, you know, just 
it's it's such an opportunity to to, to acknowledge that it's going to be a big transition for her. It's going to be a big transition for me, for my husband, for everybody, but that I feel so empowered that I have the tools to make this like, it's not just going to be something that we're going to let happen to us, you know? Yeah. And I am just, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. And, uh, I, you've really like opened my eyes to the fact that like, she's she, Celeste really is like, she's her own human and she's going to go through a transition and it may be challenging for her. And like all of those challenges that come up for her is my opportunity to be a really good mom and, and, and help her navigate through that. And, uh, I, I, I guess like this, just like this conversation is kind of like coalesced that for me. Like I really feel that now, like she mm-hmm. is going to have to transition from being an only child to being a uh, part of a bigger family and to being an oldest sibling. And there's, there's a lot, I'm an oldest sibling, like I'm one of four. So I get that like, that's a big role in life. And, um, it certainly comes with its its own. When you're the oldest, it comes with its its challenges because you know um, you are. There is a sense of responsibility, even though it's not. I, I I don't want her to feel like it's her job to take care of this kid. Like mm-hmm. when you grow up as an oldest, like you definitely feel that. Like you feel uh, when you're in school, when you're in elementary school, and you got younger siblings and they're getting picked on. Like yeah, that my mom and dad weren't there to to um uh, confront the bullies for my brothers right like I was so I'm I just feel really um I don't know I feel really good about moving into this space with her and helping her navigate this because I actually like I'm not just like reading her books about having a sibling like I'm actually I don't know it's uh, it's really powerful Mm -hmm. stuff And I want to just end with giving you one big permission slip, Christine, is that you do not have to do any of this perfectly. Like, (laughs) well, I won't. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) No, yeah, because and nobody ever will. But I think that sometimes we can like feel like we can, you know, I think that just yeah, we can strive for perfectionism, especially because perfection, perfectionism is really just fear, like dressed up as like I've got my, I've got everything together, and like everything. Love a good Brene Brown quote. Yeah. And like have control and perfection is just basically control when you're afraid of something. Right. And there can be a lot of fear around this. So you are like, you are not ever expected to be perfect in this. And like, even, even the things that I described, like how we can handle those moments, like you're not going to do that every time. And in fact, that, that is a beautiful way for you to also support your child is like in your imperfections. We're built imperfectly. You're not going to be perfect in these moments all the time. And you know what? That gives, that gives our children a chance to like also, okay, gosh, wow. Mom is not like meeting my needs right now. Like it gives them a little moment to like self-regulate a little bit or to try to figure it out on their own or to feel that. And it's okay to feel those things because we can also then use those opportunities to show them how to repair you know, when we come in and we do the repair. So yeah, yeah, I've been doing a lot of repairs since like, you know, it's something that you've talked to me about. I think like even before we started this course, you talked to me about repairs and um, it's, it's a really um, cool tool to be able to like go to your kiddo and be like, Hey, I made a mistake. Um, And I love it. I mean, it, it, it allows me to take my, imperfections as a mom and like turn it into a superpower because I'm like, I want Celeste to feel like she can be imperfect and make mistakes and that, you know, she doesn't have to be afraid of those mistakes. And so like when you, when you, when you do repairs, it just, it's so much better than being perfect because, you know, so I, I really, that tool is um, really helpful. Mm. Well, Christine, this was so fun. I'm so grateful to have you back on the podcast and to be doing this work with you specifically um, because there is like, I just, there's so much magic. I believe that happens when you bring in all of these pieces together um, to support, you know, postpartum families. It's something that I absolutely wish that I had for not just my first, but for my second as well. Yeah, and 
thank you so much for having me on here. I like this. Um, I'm very happy that I had my free therapy session. <laughs> I will come on anytime. We can come on and talk about my marriage. <laughs> yeah, we can do that. We bring Garrett on if he's up for it, if he's game. <laughs> oh, totally, totally. Well, listen, he he loves a good deal. So we'll take it. <laughs> I love you. Love you You've too. been listening to Holding Space Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the information that was shared in this episode. If you did, you might want to subscribe and be the first to hear about future episodes as soon as they air. Thank you so much for sharing this space with me. Have a great day. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you.